Hey now, hey now, and now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a brand new edition of Over the Line. We are back on a Monday, brand new week. So glad you are hanging out with us if you're watching this on the backside or listening to the audio version. So glad you took the time out to uh, watch this show. First off, I want to make sure uh, that... Uh, to tell you guys, I want to dedicate this particular show to my uh, my mammal who we laid to rest on Saturday at the spry young age of 81 years old. Uh, very, very sad time. And I was thinking about it today and I'm like, you know, I, I've never, you know, at 36 years old, I've never had to deal with death, really. I, I've never had to deal with uh, at least the death of someone close to me, uh, like my mammal was, and so it, it hits kind of different. But she lived a long life. I used to joke with her all the time, like you're never gonna die. You know, she'd hang out. She was two two uh, packs of cigarettes a day. She'd just sit there in her dining room, watch Fox News all day. Loved Donald Trump. Loved everything about him, and uh, despised everybody else. Which is hey. My opinion, that's the way to go. So I just want to do that. Before we get too far into it, we're on TikTok Live tonight. If you're on our TikTok and you want to see what's going on there, it's not much different than what you're watching on Twitch. Uh, you just kind of got a better angle of my my double chin. So um, that's, uh, that's about all you got. Oh, and there's my sister in the house. How about that? See, my sister watches my TikTok Lives now ever since I, I allowed her to... Uh, be on my live while she was down here for the funeral. I think, uh, really, I, if I'm being honest, I think my sister, and if y'all want to add her on TikTok, Abby McLean 0812 she probably doesn't want me to tell y'all that, um, I think she should start going live more often. I think people would watch it. You want to hear that? People would watch it. She's got all kinds of crazy, she's got tons of drama, she's always emotional. It's, who does not want to watch that? Makes you feel better about yourself. That's what I say. Before I get too far into it, let me tell you about Vapor Forge out on 280. And I told you on um, Friday's show, uh, Vapor Forge as well as vape shops all across the country are in big trouble with the moves recently made by the FDA. Now, what I'm going to do is get Tony, who owns Vapor Forge, to come on the show, and we're going to discuss what exactly is going on, what you guys need to know, and maybe even what you guys can do to help us out, because this is not just a vape store. Tony's not doing this stuff for fun. He's, one, doing it because he wants to literally save lives, which he has countless times, but it's also the 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 thing that puts food on his table. It's the thing that puts the food on the table for his employees. Like, we're talking about people's lives being turned upside down because of some rogue decision-making by the FDA, having no business doing so, and literally breaking all the traditional rules that they've had in the past in order to do this, put these guys out of business, and then turn around and look at the makers of Marlboro and, and Jewel and everything else and say, well, we'll give you guys a pass. That's basically what they're doing. We'll talk about it, though. You can still get out to Vapor Forge, 4673 Highway 280 East, right here in Birmingham, 205 874 9010 is the number. They're right next to Bailey Brothers, as you know. Also, our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Andrew McLean, who, four easy ways to give if you want to be a contributor to the show. 
That's the way to do it. Patreon.com slash Andrew McLean who. So, got that out of the way. I got a lot of stuff to talk about as, as far as Joe Biden's concerned. <laughs> because, okay, so we had the 9-11 stuff over the weekend, as you know. Joe Biden, Joe Biden doesn't do very good with public appearances. I, I don't know if you guys have noticed that. They, they do everything they can to keep Joe Biden away from a podium, if, if at all possible. They do not want this guy in front of a camera, right? When it comes to 9-11, there's not much you can do. Now, they did say Joe Biden is not going to give a traditional speech like every president does on 9-11, especially when we're talking about the 20th anniversary. He's got a pre-recorded message for America. And then he's going to kind of just slip through the crowd at some of these events that are, are going on that really he was probably forced to go to. I'll get to all that in just a few moments. One thing we did Friday, was it Friday night? Friday night, Saturday night. This is Friday night. After we did our Friday night live show, which is Trish and I, um, we decided that we were going to go ahead and do the One Chip Challenge. Now, I know a lot of you guys have started seeing people doing the One Chip Challenge again. We we did it in the past with the old one. where There's, there's a new version that's apparently hotter. And her and I decided to, to do it. She's not the type of person to do this. Um, but for some reason, I don't know if it was a lapse in judgment or what, but she decided, hey, I'm going to do it with you. So we did it on TikTok Live. And I took a few clips out of that experience and put it together in a nice little package so you guys could uh, experience what we experienced just a couple days ago. It did not turn out well, in case you're wondering. Here's that footage. It so hot. And there it is. Is that black? That is black. Bro. Ready? Oh my God. This is so hot. I can already tell just by smelling it. You ready? One. Three, two, one, go. So Ow, the cat just climbed up. Ah, I just stuck it on my tongue, go. Oh my god. Try not to put it out. Oh my god. And it hadn't even gotten as hot as it's gonna get yet. Oh. This was a mistake. Think about something cold. Oh, this was a mistake. Oh, ma'am. Oh, ma'am. Oh, that's bad. That's real bad. I may not do. <laughs> <laughs> Are shaking. Mm. Oh shit, this is <sighs> hot. I can't quit cussing, I'm sorry. Hang on. On my lips. Stick your tongue out. Stick your tongue out. Stick it out. Stick it out. <laughs> this is hard. I will never, ever do one of his challenges again. This is like the third or fourth one I've done. I will never. Uh. I am like shaking still. It's my lips that hurt. We should have gotten this early. This is this is helping tremendously. 
Look at this. <clears throat> Look at this bag of rolls. Pack, I ripped the package open right in the middle. It's been right. It looks like a rat's been in there. <laughs> you have blisters on your tongue? I feel like my tongue is blistered. <clears throat> okay, so uh, review Death Nut Challenge. Uh, one star would not recommend. Now, if you want to <clears throat> have some family members you don't like or some friends that you want to get back, at for something? Yeah. 100%. Now that, that, if you noticed at the end of that, I called it the uh, Death Nut Challenge, which I was so distraught at that point, I didn't know what I had just done. But it was bad. You guys that have been listening to me on the radio, you remember uh, us doing the One Chip Challenge when it first came out, Jessica and I, and, and it was bad, but... I don't know if I'm getting weaker in my old age or what, but what happened Saturday or Friday night was worse than what I remember. So this right here, again, one chip challenge. Do not recommend one star. Don't do it. It is awful. It is from the devil. And um, ironically, we still have one more left. So I don't know what I'll be doing with that. Um Maybe sneak it in somebody's nachos and get a good TikTok video out of it. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, shout out to Big Al and shout out to Sheila, who I'm seeing on the Twitch stream. Uh, Sheila, I feel like we haven't seen you in forever, so I'm very excited to see you're still uh, still around and kicking. Uh, that's very exciting news for everybody. All right, so... Let me uh let me go this round. Joe Biden over the weekend, 9-11 stuff. I, I don't know what else to call it other than 9-11 stuff. 9-11 events that he had to go to. Um and and a picture surfaced of him posing with kids. Now, not in that way, because when you first hear Joe Biden with kids, you automatically go to worst case scenario, right? And it's bad. Listen, it's it's a bad situation when we have a president that we get nervous about when he's around children. I get that. That's not the best scenario to be in. Even those that support Joe Biden get nervous when he's around children. It's a sad state of affairs, but that's where we're at in 2021. Uh, he did, in fact, take a picture with a group of children. And when I saw this picture... I could not believe my eyes as it is a group of small children all wearing Trump swag. That's right. A couple little girls here with Trump hats, MAGA hats. Here's a little boy over here on the right side. He's got a shirt of Donald Trump's face and it says, I'll be back. <laughs> you can't, you can't even make it up. With Joe Biden. And you know Joe Biden's oblivious to it. My question is, who is the jabroni, who is the handler of Joe Biden's that said, yeah, we'll take this picture, or we'll allow that to happen? Even if it's a mom that's like, oh, will you please take a picture with my kids, because mom's in on this troll job, 100%. Doesn't one of Joe Biden's handlers, he's got two of them behind him, I assume are Secret Service agents, uh, doesn't one of them tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, uh, well, I don't want to take this picture. I mean, from a political standpoint, you might not want to go this route. But nobody said anything. 
I think they're all tired of it. I think they're tired of chasing Joe Biden around like he's a toddler. Tired of, of trying to, um, you know, play, you know, uh, home health nurse. Tired of, tired of, of <laughs> being on, on butt wiping duty. You know, it's, it's got to be a bit much and, and they got to be exhausted. They, they've got to. There's no way that they're loving their job right now being the guy that's going to take a bullet for Joe Biden. Could you imagine, imagine that? Imagine you're a Secret Service agent and uh, you've taken great pride in your job, your entire career. You love what you do. And you, you, the one job you have is to take a bullet for the president if need be. And then next thing you know, Joe Biden's president and you, you're like, Man, you got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. That's where we're at. That's where we're currently at. So, there was that photo. Also, um, the Trump campaign decided to capitalize on that photo. And why wouldn't they? Yeah, I think it's a smart idea. We know. The Trump campaign is in the business of trolling people, and when they say a, see a good troll, they want to commemorate it. They want to give it props, which they did, as some of y'all might have received a um, a message from the uh, an email from the Trump campaign from the Save America campaign. It is a picture of the photo I just showed you, and it says, "In case you missed it, Joe Biden meets with Trump supporters," and at the bottom it says. These kids tricked Biden just like the Taliban did. <laughs> These kids bamboozled Joe Biden just like the Taliban did. Which is exactly what happened. It's a wonder Biden didn't name uh, those kids the honorary you know, mayor and city council of whatever local government that was. Or that's what he did with the Taliban amazing it's absolutely amazing uh so there were several moments where he was out and about I, I, a lot of people a lot of videos i saw were people at 9-11 memorials and and they were hurling insults at joe biden of course joe biden's walking around like nobody's saying anything but that team has got to be concerned they're watching approval approval ratings approval numbers go down 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 they're watching the numbers crash. They're every time they're out in, in any sort of public setting around average people, they're getting yelled at. They're hearing F Joe Biden all over the place. So you know they've got to be concerned. They do, in fact, and this goes for almost everybody in Washington, DC. They live in a bubble, right? They live in this bubble that's immune from the outside noise, immune from uh, even realizing what life is for an average American. And that's why they all seem so out of touch. When you get down closer to the local levels, your congressmen and women uh, from particular districts, they, they have a little better idea about what it's like on the ground. But those um, uh, senators and others in Washington, D.C., they don't get it. They don't get it because they spend all their time up there. It's another world. It's a completely different world on Capitol Hill. And they've got no ideas what the struggles, no idea the struggles that you go through every day. 
whether that's paying your bills or, you know, caring for your child, health care, daycare, whatever it is. And they, they don't have an idea. They, you, they can go out here and use their talking points of, we need to provide free health care, free child care. We need to pay you for taking time off for going to get the COVID vaccine. They don't know. You know, what does it take, 20 minutes to get the COVID vaccine? And Joe Biden's acting like it's a huge obstacle for people to go get a COVID vaccine. COVID vaccines are 20, they're available 24-7, okay? And you're going to pretend like the reason some people haven't got the COVID vaccine is because they can't get time off from work? Come on. Come on, man. Nobody's buying that. Come on, man. Nobody. They have no idea what it's like out here. But Joe Biden, again today, he was at a, a, a local middle school. This was in um, Brooklyn, Brooklyn Middle School. Um, I don't know where this was. Was this in? I know he's making a visit to Iowa today, but I don't think this is in Iowa. Nonetheless, he's at Brooklyn Middle School. And he did a little spiel, whatever. And then his wife comes up and his wife starts speaking and it was a bizarre series of events as Joe Biden seemed to uh, have either gotten distracted or gotten bored with his wife's speech. And he, he just turned around and walked off. He just, he's like, you know what? I'm out of here. Watch this. Absolutely fascinating. And Secretary Cardona and uh, Mayor Bowser and Chancellor Farabee, you know, thank you for joining us as well. And for families across the country, you know, the school year, gosh, it always... Where, where is it going? Sort of he, just, he just left. And Joe Biden's got this habit of, uh, you know, he's always like, well, I got to go, uh, or I got a meeting to get to, or they told me, if I don't get out of here, I'm going to get in trouble. Like, you're the president, dude. Nobody's telling you you got to do X, Y. Nobody's... You're not getting in trouble by anybody for taking an extra question at a press conference or calling on somebody that's not on your pre-prepared list with your pre-prepared questions and your pre-prepared answers. You're not getting in trouble. Even when he was doing the press conference about those that died in Afghanistan and the fact that we had lost the war against the Taliban, he said, I'll just take one more question because I've got a meeting to go to. Look at when, he, when the, the soldiers were arriving home at Dover Air Force Base. Every casket that came off that plane, every flag-draped casket, it would roll by Joe Biden, and what would he do? Checked his watch. It's shocking. The first time, when it first happened, I thought, well, maybe it's a coincidence because he did it one time. And then the media started interviewing the parents of the soldiers and a couple of the dads were like, no, he checked his watch as every casket was unloaded. Everyone. That's no coincidence. I think Joe Biden's out of his mind. I think he suffers from grave medical, mental issues. I think it is under the definition of the law, elder abuse, to have him doing what he's doing. Everybody from Jill Biden to Barack Obama is guilty of that elder abuse. 
but can we not figure out how to get a handle on this guy and get him to show respect for 30 minutes? So there's Joe Biden walking off the stage. Has his uh his wife or his sister, whatever he calls Joe Biden these days, uh, gives a speech. He likely heard an ice cream truck or something. I mean, it is in the middle school, so it wouldn't be odd for an ice cream truck to be rolling through there. He hears the sound playing. He gets slightly distracted, and he's like, I got to go get some ice cream. Because you know how Joe Biden is with the ice cream. He's always, he's always eating ice cream. He's always buying. You never see Joe Biden at a Mexican restaurant getting a Chelly Rienna, right? It's always ice cream. I did a quick search on Twitter just to see uh, if I could find one clip of Joe Biden getting ice cream. Uh, little did I know that there's a bazillion of them out there. One after another. Watch this. This is small. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's approaching a child. This is where we get nervous. He's getting denied. What did you get? The mom's got... Uh, she's uh, getting away from you, creepy old man. Let's see, what else have we got? Uh, there's a video. Joe Biden says he gave uh, some ice cream to the daughter of George Floyd, of course, Pander City. What else we got? Oh, here's another uh, Joe Biden ice cream moment. Let's see. Come on, Senators. Welcome to Movers. How are you? We're well. How are you? Okay. Do you know what you like? Oh my gosh, I don't. Do you know what you want? I just. Uh, We're in the cherry capital of the world. I know cherry that, but I'm a chocolate chip guy. True chocolate chip. I want a double dip waffle cone with chocolate, vanilla chocolate chip. Vanilla chocolate chip. We can do that. I got two scoops. You got two scoops and a waffle cone with the plain chocolate chip. Okay. Okay. Fourteen scoops. Fourteen fifty-eight out of twenty. The audacity of him to ask for two scoops. You remember when there was a, a media report that Trump had been getting two scoops of ice cream at the White House, but the reporters were only getting one? It was Scandal City. You remember that? Couldn't believe it. The authoritarian... Donald Trump, the dictator, got two scoops of ice cream while the rest of us peasants get one. Here's more Joe Biden with ice cream. Or too, too cold for ice cream or too dark for sunglasses. <laughs> it's just over and over. And here's one of the best. This is Joe Biden on the campaign trail. He is obviously faced with very tough questions from the media as they want to make sure they vet this candidate properly as they do all presidential candidates want to get the ideas of uh, their foreign policy, domestic policy, tax policy. What do they think about health care, border security, terrorism? Like, they want to know these things. Um, I mean, they didn't ask those things necessarily, but they did ask Joe Biden when he would go get ice cream what kind of ice cream he got. And their reaction was one of uh, outright, it was an explosion of emotions once he told them what he was having. Chocolate, chocolate chip. Oh, yeah. Chocolate chip. Oh, yeah. Chocolate chip. Oh, yeah. 
chocolate chocolate chip for Joe Biden. What was it? Did you hear? Did you hear the media? Did you hear the media? Re- Keep in mind, the media asked him the question: What kind of ice cream do you have? Because that's what you want to know about your presidential candidate. Listen to their reaction after he says, "Chocolate chocolate chip." Chocolate chocolate chip. Oh, couldn't believe it. That is stunning and so brave, Mr. President. You did chocolate chocolate chip. That's 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 amazing. Couldn't believe. It. Been waiting my entire life for a president that eats chocolate chocolate chip. It's great. It's great. It's great. It, it begs the questions, and I've thought about this a couple times, but I just kind of brushed it off because it's not shouldn't shouldn't be a big deal. Like we've all got our foods, we all you know eat certain things. I'm a pizza guy, right? I always want pizza. Uh, I, Abby and uh, Abby McLean in the the TikTok chat, she'll tell you her and I have uh, had downright fist fights over pizza because we couldn't decide on which pizza we wanted. Um, but I have thought about why, why ice cream? Why is Joe Biden so big on ice cream? Is it, is it nostalgia from when he's a kid? Like, is there some sort of sentimental value? Or does he just really, really like ice cream? Is he doing the one chip challenge on the side? I don't know. But I was wondering. And when you start to equate Joe Biden with ice cream, you think maybe it's some sort of therapy. Maybe it's something uh, that helps him physically or even mentally. So what do you Google? Well, you, you Google what everybody would Google, and that is, does ice cream help with dementia? Right? You've always wondered that. And since Joe Biden seemingly has some, some form of dementia... Or some sort of some sort of uh, mental deterioration. Could the ice cream have something to do with it? Surely not, because ice cream's just a food. It's not like it's Prozac or anything, right? So you Google it, and Google says for people with dementia, ice cream is a far more effective and safe, far more effective and safe than Prozac. <laughs> for people let me repeat that for people with dementia ice cream is a far more effective but it's far more effective and safe than prozac or any other happy drug on the market if you are caring for a loved one with dementia find out what flavor is their absolute favorite and never run out of ice cream Chocolate chocolate chip, if I do say so myself. Even the Alzheimer's Association, ALZ.org, has a section on their website called The Power of Ice Cream. <laughs> you remember you remember when uh, Nancy Pelosi got hammered for having uh, all that expensive ice cream in her freezer? Could that be another one? Nancy Pelosi. Treating Alzheimer's. Listen, I'm not a journalist. I don't claim to be some sort of in-depth investigator. But I do think critically, and I think of the tough questions, which are things like, 
Can ice cream help with your dementia? And apparently it can. So outside of that, for you guys that do have family members with dementia, which is a very serious disease, uh, take my advice on the ice cream. It seems to work. Not for Joe Biden, apparently. It's not working too well for him. But according to the Alzheimer's Association, it does help. Now, what it doesn't help with is uh, public relations, your PR, uh, especially when you're uh, flying the plane known as the USA and you are currently in a tailspin doing a nosedive right towards the ground, which is what, if Joe Biden were a pilot, that's what we would be doing right now. We are in a nosedive. And that's why... All across the country, as we showed you last week, college campuses during college football games are all chanting one united, familiar chant. And I think you know what that chant is. That's one. Actually, that was only the Tennessee one. I thought I had more than that. Apparently, I do not. Let's see. Here's another one. Fuck Joe Biden! Fuck Joe Biden! <laughs> Listen, I, <laughs> I know. I get it. The language. I usually don't put that kind of language on here. But, you know, sometimes you, you just can't help yourself. Let's see. Here, oh, here's the, here's the Crimson Tide. Don't want to hear that one? Fuck Joe Biden! Fuck Joe Biden! I'll give a big roll tide to that. Here's another one. Fuck Joe Biden. Fuck Joe Biden. Fuck Joe Biden. Fuck Joe Biden. <laughs> it's, it's all over the place. Fuck Joe Biden. Fuck Joe Biden. I think that's it actually at the Mets game. Yeah, the Mets and the Yankees. Now keep in mind, this is in New York. This is one of the more liberal places in the country. And even they're doing that. They were doing the same thing about Como as well. How about Mississippi State? Checking in with the Bulldogs. And then this one who is um, Brantley Gilbert. I don't know if y'all know him. He's a country singer. Here's what happened at his concert over the past couple days. Oh, I'm here for that. Record this in front of house, They started chanting that. He's like, hey, I'm here for that. Um, but there's countless videos. I can't I can't go through all of them, but just so you've got a general idea. Um, that's what people are saying. I'm also seeing uh, ads for shirts popping up saying, hey, get your game day shirt uh, for your respective team. And it is a uh, plain shirt with three letters on the front, which is FJB, which would be F Joe Biden. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> Would that not be amazing if next week? Because I, I, I'm not on board with the vulgarities at the football game like that simply because you've got kids there, okay? You may have church groups going, whatever. Just It's it's whatever, you know, it's just a word. But at the same time, it needs to be a little decorum there. Um, but it's also hard for me to tell these people, no, you can't do that because I'm getting so much enjoyment out of it. But get your FJB t-shirt. Trish and I were talking about it today. We should probably start making those ourselves. One of the most amazing things that happened at a college football game this weekend, though, came from a feline. That's right. A cat in a death-defying, desperate, clinging-for-its-life moment from the upper deck at the Miami Hurricanes football game. This is shocking. Now, for those of you that... um, are sensitive in nature, viewer discretion is advised, but you have to see this. No! 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 The, <laughs> the best part about this is a guy in the background going, no, as this cat clings for its life from the upper deck. <laughs> He's screaming bloody murder. Hang on, little buddy. Oh, no. Oh, no. No. (gasps) And the cat is saved. And the crowd goes wild. (laughs) What was so so amazing is uh, the, the first one I saw was on TikTok. And they had the Lion King music playing in the background. So when they caught the cat, they hold it up in the air like Simba. <laughs> and it was so good. It was so good. So if anything, if anything could have overshadowed all the FJB chants, could possibly have been that. We're glad the cat is okay. The um, The cat put on one heck of a show. I actually don't even know the score to that Miami game. It may have been a good one. But it wasn't good enough to um, to outdo what we saw with that cat. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. Another place that was uh, chanting FJB was at the Holyfield Belfort fight. Now, this was a boxing match uh, that was held Saturday night on September 11th. And Donald Trump was invited to be the host. So Donald Trump was in the house, and he was at the announcer's table, and they were talking back and forth about the fight. And the the crowd breaks out into a, we want Trump and F Joe Biden. (laughs) We want Trump back. It's so good. It just gets better and better. You'll hear Trump on the mic talking to the commentator, but listen to the crowd. That was a fantastic job by a really great young man who's got a big future, and uh, we're just honored. We're just honored. Thank you. We want Trump. We want Trump. That's what everybody's saying in the audience. I don't think you hear that back home. Everybody's screaming right now. The people are going now. 
a main event in this house. Thank you very much. What an amazing rendition of the national anthem. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. This is an honor to be with you, and what a great evening. And I think you're going to see an incredible fight. And Jorge, it's great, Junior. It's great to be with you guys and uh, champions. We love you, man. Special people. Special warriors. Still going strong. That's good. <laughs> we got the chant going that's been going around stadiums in the college. Jesus, oh, that's great. That's great. So, no matter where you go, no matter what uh, crowd or what sport you happen to be attending, there is a good chance that you are going to hear um, F. Joe Biden. That's right. On September 11th, which is a very somber day, and it's a day, the first one that I think any of us can remember in the 20 years since September 11th, that a president hasn't spoken and addressed the nation live. Um, Donald Trump, though, a man who is a real president, he in fact did address the country on the anniversary of September 11th. For the great people of our country, this is a very sad day. September 11th represents great sorrow for our country. Many things were displayed that day, including, most importantly, the bravery of our police, fire, and first responders of every kind. The job they did was truly unbelievable. We love them and we thank them. It is also a sad time for the way our war on those that did such harm to our country ended last week. The loss of 13 great warriors and the many more who were wounded should never have happened. Overall, 250 people were killed in Afghanistan last week, and so many more were seriously injured. We had $85 billion of the finest and most sophisticated military equipment taken from us without even a shot being fired. The leader of our country was made to look like a fool, and that can never be allowed to happen. It was caused by bad planning, incredible weakness, and leaders who truly didn't understand what was happening. This is the 20th year of this war and should have been a year of victory and honor and strength. Instead, Joe Biden and his inept administration surrendered in defeat. We will live on, but sadly, our country will be wounded for a long period of time. We will struggle to recover from the embarrassment this incompetence has caused. Do not fear, however. America will be made great again. There is your president, Donald Trump, as they um, put out an official statement for the 20th anniversary of September 11th. Now, on the backside of September 11th, you've got Joe Biden today visiting uh, the Iowa State Fairgrounds. Joe Biden is holding a rally, okay? Now, it's a, it's a bit of an odd thing when Joe Biden holds a rally, seeing that he's the most popular presidential candidate in history 
racking up 81 million votes, blowing the old record out of the water. Um, it is bizarre that we've never seen him hold a rally where there were a lot of people. And still to this day, and at this rally, it is a, uh, a drive-in rally at the Iowa State Fairgrounds. So there'll probably be a bunch of Jeeps parked there, a handful of people honking their horns uh, to express their, uh, their, I guess, their version of applause or whatever. Uh, but just like so many other times when Joe Biden rolls into town, this happened in Louisiana and in New Jersey just recently while he uh, went to survey the damage from the storms. Uh, a lot of people were there to welcome Joe Biden, but they weren't welcoming Joe Biden because they were glad he was there. They're all holding up their Trump flags. over and over this happens everywhere joe biden goes there seems to just be a ton of trump supporters now notice the stark difference okay now trump would go somewhere and obviously there'd be a ton of supporters there but sometimes during the campaign there'd be a rally or whatever and outside you would have a moderately small group of antifa and blm antagonizers right and they would attempt to clash with police and Trump supporters when they left the rally or whatever. But it, it wasn't like you were going to from town to town and seeing a welcoming committee lining the highway for miles of anti-Trump people. It just wasn't a thing. But now, with Joe Biden at the helm, again, most popular president in U.S. history with 81 million votes, he can't go anywhere without being heckled, or without a welcoming committee that is letting him know how disgusting they think he is. You do the math. I don't know. I'm not going to say it. I'm not getting kicked off these platforms. I'm tired of getting suspended, so I'm not going to say it. I'm just going to let you do the math. It's not even common core math. It's regular math. So figure it out. Big thing that happened today, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. Don't call him Anthony. Call him Anthony. Uh, he testified in front of Congress for a few hours. Uh, was was the 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 uh, the the hearing was predicated on um, him answering questions about the Afghanistan withdrawal. We know it was botched. Democrats know it was botched. Everybody in the, in the friggin' world know it's botched. The, the Afghans know. The Americans that were left behind know. Everybody knows it was an absolute mess. And nobody in this administration has taken one ounce 
of responsibility for what happened. I watched a good chunk of this hearing as much as I could possibly stand, and all they did the entire time was make excuses, act like this thing was a success, legitimize the Taliban by constantly referring to them as the official government of Afghanistan, and then blaming the last guy as, um, at one point, Anthony Blinken was asked, why did you do this, and why didn't you have a better plan in place? You want to know his reason was? His reason was Trump made a deal, which the deal was never made. There was a meeting set, but the deal was never signed, and that Trump made the deal, but he didn't leave us plans. He didn't leave us an exit plan for what we were supposed to do. So we had no choice but to do what we did. <laughs> I mean, even most of us who pay attention to this stuff, that we know what the plan was for Trump, right? It was pull most of our guys out, leave enough over there to maintain stability in the region, and he told the head honchos at the Taliban, if one hair on the head of an American is harmed, you're dead. That's it. Game over. We're going to carpet bomb you into oblivion. It was very simple. It was very cut and dry. But the Joe Biden administration said, well, we don't know. They also claimed that they've got all Americans out of Afghanistan, that they did, in fact, strand, leave stranded. Um, and a question that you think Anthony Blinken or anybody in the Biden administration would know the answer to because they claim they're working on this around the clock 24-7 is how many Americans are still in Afghanistan? He was asked, by the way, he was on video. He didn't even have the, um, ha have the cojones to show up in person and do this hearing. He did it from the State Department, nonetheless. Um, they asked him how many Americans remain in Afghanistan. His first answer was, I don't know. I, I just, I really don't, I don't have those numbers in front of me. And they're like, how do you not know? You're telling us this is all you guys are working on. Getting the guys that we left behind after you told us you'd leave nobody behind. He said, well, it's about a hundred I think, you know, the, the number over the weekend was like 100 and something, so that's probably around there. Like, this is the Secretary of State. That's scary. And it shows a lack of concern for those that are, in fact, stranded over there. It's, it's shocking, to say the least, but it's bothersome, and, and it's starting to come off as uh, almost as if they're doing this on purpose. You, 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 on its face, it looks like incompetence, but after it goes on so long and there's no correction, you can't help but ask yourself, what's the purpose? What's the reasoning for this? Gregory Meeks, who is the representative out of uh, New York, Democrat, by the way, he said, can you tell, tell us how many of them remain in the country and what is our plan to facilitate their evacuation? This was what seemed to be a question to prop up Antony Blinken and say, hey, Republicans are going to hit you with this question, so let's go ahead and get it out of the way 
so we can keep them from asking the tough ones. He didn't tell Antony Blinken in advance, apparently, because Antony Blinken said, quote, as of the end of last week, we had about 100 American citizens in Afghanistan who had told us they wished to leave the country. I want to emphasize that this is a snapshot in time. But he was asked again, do you not know the exact number? And he made it clear he did not. Secretary of State. That's what it would have been like, uh, or that's what it was like with Hillary Clinton as Secretary of State. So it's, you know, it's just a little little remix. Some Republicans said the only thing we needed to hear from Anthony Blinken today is, I resign, which I agree 100%. The buck stops with Joe Biden, but the buck starts with Anthony Blinken, and he should absolutely resign. As it seems to be some of the people in the Biden administration are doing so, like the Homeland Security Chief of Staff suddenly resigned this morning. Alejandro Mayorkas and uh, Karen Olick suddenly resigned today, according to a report. Olick, who is planning to leave the department at the end of the month, is said to be leaving for an undisclosed opportunity. That, according to Politico... Mayorkas, in an email, allegedly told DHS officials that his chief of staff has decided to resign her position and pursue new opportunities. We are grateful to Karen for her service during this critical first nine months of the new administration. So. Now, that wasn't Alejandro Mayorkas. That was her, his chief of staff. And you wonder, do you read into that or no? Some of that, there's nothing to read into, all right? So I I don't want to push this as a conspiracy theory that it means something. But there's a lot of pressure on these people within this administration to go ahead and hit the road because the hole continues to get deeper. And this administration keeps digging and digging and digging. And anybody in that administration that's got a conscience has got to stop, look in the mirror and say, What are we doing here? What are we doing? They all came as political D.C. elites, right? They've been in the game a long time. They're there just to maintain the status quo, maintain, um, you know, making money and covering up corruption. It's what they do. It's what everybody did until Trump got on the scene and started shaking it up. That's why they hate his guts so bad. It's not because he's orange. It's not because he's racist. It's not because of the New York Five or whatever. It's because the man threatened their way of life. George Bush, perfect example. This guy had the audacity while speaking on September 11th at the site of the crash for Flight 93 to use that time to make a comparison between the terrorists that flew planes into the World Trade Center And compare them to the January 6th protesters. The January 6th agitators. He made that comparison. George Bush, the guy that got this whole crap started, has the audacity to compare those on January 6th with the freaking Al-Qaeda and Taliban scumbags 
that perpetrated 9-11. Listen for yourself. The security measures incorporated into our lives are both sources of comfort and reminders of our vulnerability. And we have seen growing evidence that the dangers to our country can come not only across borders, but from violence that gathers within. There is little cultural overlap between violent extremists abroad and violent extremists at home. But in their disdain for pluralism, in their disregard for human life, in their determination to defile national symbols, they are children of the same foul spirit, and it is our continuing duty to confront them. They're children of the same demonic evil spirits because, you know, I'm just doing this to lick Obama's boots. If you can't fight the protesters over here, you got to fight them over there. You got to fight them over there because you ain't got to fight them over here. Man, what a loser George W. Bush is. I hate to to sound like Donald Trump, but he's a total loser. Total loser. He really is. All right. George W. Bush, I think a lot of us are on the same page where we like the guy. We were very happy to have him as the... The, the commander-in-chief on 9-11, he, we felt like he brought the country together for the most part. Uh, but that quickly soured, and it turned into politics as usual as, uh, you know, they attacked him. And I think, I've told this story before, I think my my defending of George Bush and uh, fandom or just supporting George Bush, I think it got to a point where I was doing it because the left was attacking him. And I thought it was unfair the way they were going after it. Now, this is before my radio career even started, right? But I was still deeply into politics. And I supported George W. Bush. And I look back now and I'm like, man, how did I ever do that? How did I ever support this man? Because if you put the Clintons, the Clinton family and the Bush family side by side, there's going to be one difference. The Clinton family's got a slightly higher body count than the Bush family. But these are political dynasties that uh, are predetermined to be the leaders of the free world. You go back and look at the 2016 campaign and, and the way Jeb Bush was even propped up by the left. In the mainstream media. He was next in line. He was next in line to be the Republican nominee. Hillary Clinton was next in line in 2016. Who was supposed to go Bush, Clinton, Bush, Obama, Clinton, Bush. They've got this stuff mapped out. They're all in bed together. And I started waking up to a lot of that while Trump was in office. And I, I saw the things they were doing and saw seeing the, the things being exposed. Spygate in particular was a giant eye-opener for me. Um, but the corruption, the absolute corruption of not just the politicians, but how they weaponize things like the intelligence agencies and the FBI and the DOJ. You, you look at that, you, you remember the, the plan to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer? Remember that? It was this whole big deal that these... 
rogue Trump supporters had come up with this plan because they were so upset about the COVID restrictions in Michigan. They were going to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer, torture her, kill her, whatever. Turned out it wasn't even true. It was actually perpetrated by the FBI. That's right. FBI informants perpetrated this plan to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer. The FBI's dirty. It's very, very dirty and probably one of the bigger threats to this country and to your freedom. And it, that corruption and that deceit and that evil runs deep in those departments. We used to talk about the rank and file. You know, it's only the guys at the top, the very top, the James Comeys, the Christopher Rays, whoever. Peter Strzok, Lisa Page. But it runs a lot deeper than that. A lot, a lot deeper than people realize. And I wouldn't be surprised to see the same thing happening in a few days. They're holding a uh, a, a rally in Washington, D.C. to support those that are still in jail from the January 6th Capitol attacks, right? I don't know that I 100% believe this is, this is an organic rally put together by freedom-loving Americans. And if so, why has it not done, been done before now? Why have they waited so long? So because this rally is coming up, and I don't know what it entails, it's just a bunch of people getting together, I'm sure they'll have speakers or whatever, the White House has yet again put up the fences around the property as they did in the days after January 6th leading up to Inauguration Day. You remember that? You remember that? A lot of people were concerned with the election not being fair and the sights of the White House being fenced up, the people's house being fenced up and heavily guarded was a disturbing image for so many. They're doing it yet again. But who is to say that there aren't FBI informants that are kicking this off for the optics of it? To give Nancy Pelosi a reason to order the walls to be put back up. And it's funny how they, they, they think walls work now, all of a sudden. The optics of it. You gotta understand, man, this is not... This is not fantasy land. This is not a TV series. These are things that are proven to happen in D.C. politics. And you talk to the people that I talk to, you talk to the people that are in D.C. politics, they'll tell you. It's 100% true. People on both sides will do anything for power. And they'll do anything to stop the opposition. There were FBI informants that were major players in January 6th. We know that. And it helps make, make a lot of sense of Capitol Police waving people in and moving barricades, allowing people to go into the Capitol, not acted all crazy when they were hanging out with the people in the chambers of the Senate in the House. You all saw their demeanor. I don't have to go through that again. But 
Who's to say that's not the case? Feathers of the same bird. So Joe Biden, uh, uh, George Bush gives that speech at 9-11, making himself look like a complete idiot, but I just could not help but continue to notice the contrast between Joe Biden and Donald Trump on September 11th at these memorial services. Here's a picture of Joe Biden, if you're watching this on Twitch. What's he doing? Standing by his wife, Dr. Jill Biden. Also, who else is there? Oh, Michelle Obama. There's Barack Obama. There's Hillary and Bill Clinton. And then George Bush and his wife in attendance as well. That's what Joe Biden does, and that's who Joe Biden surrounds himself with to commemorate 9-11. Donald Trump, on the other hand, this is what he does. Look at this photo. Surrounded by the men and women of the NYPD. Members of the same police force that had so many give their life on that day. The New York Fire Department as well. FDNY. You see them in the picture. Again, 300 and some odd firefighters losing their lives on that day. And Donald Trump's amongst these people, letting them know you are appreciated. No matter how many times you hear defund the police, no matter how many times these politicians and activists in office tie your hands behind your back and don't let you do your job, you got a guy that supports you. So there you go. Well, there's a big, big difference. Let me move in a little bit of a different direction before we get out of here. Um... Rose McGowan, do y'all know her? She's an actress. She's in several movies. Um, she was one of the big ones that blew the, the whistle on Harvey Weinstein and others in Hollywood that were um, basically sexually assaulting women in the industry, forcing them to do unspeakable acts in order to get a job or get a role in a movie or a TV show. She has come out and literally endorsed a Republican for governor of California. And that governor, that gubernatorial candidate for governor of California, none other than Larry Elder. She's not only supporting Larry Elder and putting an endorsement behind this man, she alleges that Gavin Newsom's wife aided and abetted Harvey Weinstein. That Gavin Newsom's wife had a part in making sure Harvey Weinstein was protected from legal consequences. During her speech in Los Angeles on Sunday, McGowan detailed how the governor's wife, Jennifer Newsom, called her up in 2017 on behalf of of former Harvey Weinstein's attorney, David Boyce, to ask, quote, what it would take to make Herbie happy enough to keep quiet about Weinstein. The phone call allegedly took place six months prior to the New York Times launching its bombshell report against the disgraced movie producer and Democrat Party donor. Quote, 
when I finally got on the phone with Jennifer Newsom for what I assume was about movie projects, imagine my surprise when she says, what can our law firm do to make you happy? Again, I have no idea who that was, so I just said nothing and hung up on her. That was my last contact with her. Gavin Newsom's wife trying to cut a deal with Rose McGowan for her to keep her mouth shut about Harvey Weinstein just months before the bombshell story came out. Giving us all the horrid, horrible details of the acts of Harvey Weinstein. It's fascinating to see. To see her just outright endorse somebody like that. But you can't deny the tie between the two. It's obvious. It's obvious that she wouldn't be behind that. So that'll be interesting. I, I am very, very curious to see how this race in California turns out. And we'll obviously keep you guys updated here on the show as to what's the what's the latest on all those fronts. But here's the thing. California's corrupt. California's got their stuff locked in when it comes to elections. Okay? I'm trying not to use the F word, but you know what I'm saying. To ensure one gets more votes than the other. There's already reports of some Democrats going to vote for the recall of Gavin Newsom and saying, hey, uh, the poll the, the, the poll lady, the poll workers are telling me I've already voted. Now, how would that be? These are people that have not, in fact, voted. And they're wanting to recall the governor that represents their state. And they're being told, no, you can't vote. You've already done it. Sound familiar? So that's why I don't know if this Gavin Newsom stuff's going to work out. Um, they get to make the rules. And when they get to make the rules, they make rules that only benefit them. They make rules that make it easier for cheating in elections. And so when stuff like this pops up, they can easily handle it, sweep it under the rug, and move on. That's where we're at. It's a golden opportunity for Larry Elder, but he's got quite the uphill battle. So um, so we'll see. That's it for me, guys. I'm out of here. The video for tonight's show will only be available here on Twitch. So unless we can figure out how to get it on the other platforms, we just didn't record the video portion uh, like we normally do. It was on accident. I didn't do it on purpose. Uh, but it'll be available on Twitch for 14 days. If I can pull it off Twitch and post it to Rumble, YouTube, and wherever else we got it, I will do so. But if not, whatever. Whatever. Y'all just check it out. Listen to the audio podcast. Whatever. Just remember, tell your friends, tell your family, over the line, uh, on Twitch, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube. We are uh, doing everything we can to get the word out, especially with things happening right now. I mean, we're looking at freaking vaccine mandates, okay? Joe Biden wants to mandate you get a vaccine. That's enough to go tell your friend or your mama or your daddy or your cousin or your neighbor, hey, go listen to Over the Line. He's going to give you the rundown. That's it. I'm out of here. 
Thank y'all so much for hanging out, especially those of you that are on TikTok, those of you that are on um, Twitch watching us live. We love you, love you, love you long time. We'll be back Wednesday with a brand new show, so make sure you set your alarm and get ready for that. Until next time, see you, Coles!